You are listening to the Mary Jane Society podcast, brought to you by Studio 420, a cannabis-friendly marketing agency. I'm your host, Pam Schmiel, marketing director for Studio 420. Today, our guest is Mike Zaitsev. He's the director of cannabis degree programs at LIM College in New York City. Not only is Mike at the helm of one of the country's first cannabis college degree programs, but he recently published a book called How to Succeed in Weed According to 50 Industry Insiders and his wildly popular networking events called High New York draw a big crowd in the New York cannabis scene. Let's meet Mike. Hey, Michael. <laughs> Hi, Pam. How are you? Uh, it's crazy every day. <laughs> That's right. But I'm back, and I'm excited to, actually, really excited to talk to you, and you've done so much, and uh, I really have a, that whole list of questions. I'm excited to. Awesome. Well, and I want to say um, how I came across you uh, was I attended the event that you organized at the Williamsburg Hotel a few, uh, maybe a month ago. What a blowout event that a beautiful night. I could not believe the turnout. It was spectacular location to network and it was just a great event. So I just wanted to say that's, that's how I came across you. So it was really good. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you were there and had a good time and that now we're connecting in this way. Yeah, yeah. So I guess let's just start with, um, um, I know that you're um, very active in many areas of the industry from writing books to speaking at events, organizing the really popular uh, networking event, High, High New York, which I just mentioned. And then um, recently you've been named academic academic director of cannabis degrees at um, LIM College in New York City. So how did you land in cannabis and start start the ball rolling here? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I, I like to joke that it's my destiny to be doing this cannabis work because my family immigrated to America on 420 when I was a baby. And so, you know, I, I think it was written in the stars for me. Um, wow, but, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, we came from the former Soviet Union, modern day Ukraine, which, you know, if you look at all the, all the madness that's happening there, you know, it's like, I thank God every day that we're here and not there. Um, so, but to, to, to answer your question in a, in a more, I guess, practical way, um, it started for me, you know, I grew up in New York City. I was introduced to cannabis when I was a high school senior. And, you know, I, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's interesting, you know. Um, and then when I went to college in California, um, as, I, as I went through my, my undergraduate program, I saw what alcohol was doing to my friends and and kind of the the kind of trouble it would cause and i had my own experiences with alcohol where i was like you know this i feel pretty terrible you know after yeah. after consuming this and with cannabis i had you know mostly overwhelmingly positive experiences so i i had been a consumer before i got into the industry or community or any of that um and 
then what happened was, you know, after I started my career, I was a few years into my career and I had uh, a freak accident that caused me to kind of take a pause from working for several months. And I was in my early 20s still. Um, and, you know, I had this near death freak accident that I was fortunate to recover from. And I went back to work and this was about 2014. And I, I had to move back from California to New York after the accident so my family could take care of me. And so when I recovered, I went back to work in the tech world at the time. And I was, I, I'd always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I, I was like, didn't know what it was or how, or, you know, was afraid to get started. And so um, after I went back to work, I was working this tech job selling software and I was really bored out of my mind and thought, what am I doing with my life? This isn't, this isn't helping anything. This isn't interesting. This isn't, I'm not really learning. Um, I'm not having fun, certainly. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to quit and start a coaching business. And, you know, I figured that was like a fairly low overhead, simple one person business that I could try my hand at. And this was again, 2014, New York had just legalized medical cannabis and someone invited me to a cannabis event. And I thought, you know, what's, what's a cannabis event? And I was going to all these tech and finance networking events. And so I went to this cannabis event and again, I was a completely uneducated stoner and I went to this event and it was the first time I got any real cannabis education where I met people who were medical patients, who were advocates, who were justice impacted. And just in them sharing their experiences and their stories, it forced me to realize, wait a second, I don't know anything about this plant. I've, you know, it's been a part of my life, a significant part of my life for many years. And I've never even thought to ask any questions about it. And so then that kind of took me down the rabbit hole. And, and I realized very quickly that, okay, here's something I really care a lot about that's important to me. Uh, it has a ton of social impact where, you know, I, I met these people where it either saved their lives as medicine or ruined their lives through the criminalization and the war on drugs. And, you know, it's an incredibly powerful natural resource. And at the same time, you know, here in New York, at the time, it was the start of what I thought was the start of a multi-billion dollar industry, because, you know, we could argue it's still just getting started today, um, even eight years later. And so for me, I, I it was like, I just felt it, you know, I knew this is it. This is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, this is what, I, you know, and, and, and I made that decision again, I was 23, 24 at the time. And I had, I had been very lucky that I, I had worked at Google, I had worked at JP Morgan, I had a taste of kind of the corporate, traditional American dream kind of thing. And, and I had seen that it wasn't really all that it was cracked up to be. Um, and then when, when this cannabis thing, you know, kind of entered my, my, my life, I realized, okay, this is it, I want to commit to this, if I do this, you know, for the rest of my life, I'll, I think I won't regret it. 
And it's also a unique opportunity to, to get into a huge industry from the start. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of how it all started for me. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I still, still eight years into it, I'm figuring out wh what am I doing here? How, what's next? You know, I'm trying to evolve with the space. And, yeah. you know, if you would have asked me a year or two ago, you know, would I end up in higher ed doing what I'm doing here at LIM College? I would have said, you know, no way. I mean, that sounds great, but that's not going to happen, you know? So, um, you know, yeah. I, again, it goes back to, I think it's, I, it's got to be my destiny because otherwise I don't know how, how I, I could be so lucky to end up where I'm at. Right. And, you know, I'll tell you, 2014, <clears throat> that's very early to, you know, start getting into it because I remember when it, 2016, when the Farm Act uh, was passed and uh, that's when I started kind of thinking about it and but never thinking of it as a career, but just like investing in how's the industry going to go and grow and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you really got into it, um, you know, pretty early on as far as noticing it and, you know, and understanding it and even the education, like you said, so that's pretty early. But um, so as far as like, I just want to touch base on all the things that you're touching right now. Um, so if we just start with High New York, you created this uh, community uh, bent uh, to bring everyone together. Um, how long has High New York been around? And how did you did you partner with anyone to get this going? How did you build that community? What is your I love marketing stuff. So how did you how did you launch that? Yeah, so it's it's a bit of a long story. I'll give you the very quick version, but High NY started in 2014. And originally there was a, you know, a, a small group of, of folks who were kind of just like me, just interested, curious, and it was really just a side project for, for all of us. Um, and, you know, everyone was kind of just winging it for lack of a better term. And over time, you know, everyone got pulled in a different direction. And uh, I kind of said, well, hey, like, I, I'm, I'm going to keep doing this. I like this. And, and again, for me at the time, it was really just an excuse to get educated. And, you know, it gave me a reason to reach out to prominent people in the industry and say, hey, will you, will you come educate the local community here in New York? And you know, for a lot of them, no one had asked them that before. There wasn't really, you know, a community. I, I had a client in my coaching business many years ago who said to me once, you know, if people are not getting together in real life and, you know, breaking bread and meeting, and there's, there's it's not a community. And so it occurred to me that even at that time, everything was so everyone was afraid, everyone was very, you know, in the shadows still, and the concept of even getting together at a cannabis event, like people were, were, were like, people who I knew who were like good friends, who were consumers, who I knew cared about it, were like, I can't go to your event, you know, I'm going to end up on a list. I was like, what list are you going to end up on, you know, and they're like, what if my boss finds out? And I said, you know, if your boss finds out, they're probably at the event and you don't have anything to worry about, you know, like, yeah. but, but there was so much fear. And what, what I, what I understood was that 
I, I could provide value, you know, and, and to me, again, thinking as an entrepreneur was, how can I add value here? And I realized, you know, if I could just bring people together and show them that there's other people out there that care about this, and that outside of New York, there's other people who are making a living and making a difference and, and enjoying, you know, kind of find, have found much like I did that this is their calling and that there's opportunity for others. You know, to me, that was, that was what it was all about. Um, and as far as actually making it happen, it was always a grassroots community effort, you know, and I, I like to joke about cannabis miracles where there's like, you know, these things that just happen that, you know, are completely serendipitous and unexpected, but, you know, that even, even this last event at the Williamsburg Hotel, you know, was the way that all came together. And I, I won't get into the whole story, but it was like, you know, my brother introduced me to the owner of the hotel. And, you know, for weeks, we, we talked about doing a different event and, you know, it didn't work out, but then, you know, I, I went back and I met someone who worked there and we had a completely different vision for it. And, you know, one thing led to, and so it's like, um, you know, I joke that cannabis is really responsible for everything. And I'm just, uh, I'm just the messenger. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, it's just like, keep trying, keep throwing it against the wall and see what hits, I guess. So um, let's jump to your book. You have a new book coming out called the How to Succeed in Weed According to 50 Industry Insiders. So obviously you interviewed 50 people in the industry. Uh, can you just give us a little insight into the book? Some... Yeah, 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 happy to. So, and I'm, I'm actually in the process of revising and updating because things move so quickly that, um, you know, since I published the book, it, there's, you know, a few major things have happened that so... Um, you know, I'm at this point, I've now interviewed over easily over 100 people. Um, and really, I ask everyone the same few basic questions of, you know, what advice do you have for someone who's getting into this space? What, what's a mistake or failure that you've learned from along the way? Um, what's something you didn't expect, you know, kind of these very high level questions. And, you know, again, to me, this was, it was all about adding value. And once I started doing the events, I kept getting the same questions asked of me all the time to the point where I was like, I'm sick and tired of saying the same thing over and over again. Let me write it down. And, you know, believe it or not, like, so this book came out, I want to say, um, end of 2020. And I wrote a book before that a couple of years ago in 2016. And at the time, there were no other like cannabis business how-to books, like none. Mm -hmm. So I had one of the first ones and, and I saw that there was a demand for it. And, you know, this book is really like a, a much more beefed up version of my first book. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of think of it, the model for me was uh, Think and Grow Rich, which is like a, you know, classic business book but it's really all about the mindset. And so for me, you know, my book is not really, it's not going to give you like the, here's like the 20 things you have to do to apply for a dispensary and open a store or whatever. It's much more, you know, I like to joke that it's an advocacy book disguised as a business book. 
And, you know, for me, it, it's much more about capturing the mindset and the ethos of the people who have succeeded in this space, who have been in this industry well before I got involved, and and to to really dispel some of the myths that I think a lot of people see the headlines and they get excited and they think money grows on trees and that weed sells itself and that it's easy money and you know the the reality is this is one of the most difficult complicated industries in the world it's mm -hmm. highly regulated you have a robust illicit market to compete with you have these fragmented state jurisdictions where you can't do you know it's very hard to scale it's very hard to to advertise or market in the ways that most traditional businesses rely on and so you know there's certainly a lot of that stuff in there but also a lot of you know the advocacy and the history and and really understanding that you know if there's if i were to sum it up in 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 one one statement i would say that um you know it's that the impact side of the industry has to come first before any of the profit motive and in fact everyone who's really successful and influential in this space they're not doing it for profit they're doing it because they believe in the mission of making the world a better place and making it a more equitable safe and healthy place through cannabis and you know to me that's that's got to be at the core of of everything otherwise i you know I, I really believe that consumers won't support brands that don't have that and and aren't authentic about it because you know it's one thing that anyone can talk to the talk but it's another thing to actually be in the community working with patients or or you know, investing in the local community and and being a representative of what the cannabis plant is all about. And so that's that's a little bit about the book. And you know, it's available on on Amazon.com and you could get the physical or an audio book where, you know, it's me reading the book out loud, which is you know, it's not as brutal as it sounds, I'll tell you. <laughs> Well, who are just a couple people that you interviewed? Cultivators to lawyers to all of the above. So I, you know, I have lawyers, influential lawyers from different states that were uh, instrumental in in fighting for reform and actually writing the legislation that legalized those those uh, markets. I have operators from all across the supply chain from cultivation, extraction, uh, retail, um, you know, Steve D'Angelo, for example, who's a very prominent activist and pioneer in California, um, ancillary entrepreneurs, tech entrepreneurs, uh, medical professionals, investors. So it, it's a little bit of everyone. I, I try to be really uh, diverse in, in the voices that I highlighted. And, and, you know, one other big message in the book is that one person can make a huge difference in this industry. I've seen it time and time again. And, you know, I've had people in the book, um, you know, for example, Chanel Lindsay, who is the founder of Ardent, 
which is like a tech, to, you know, it's a decarboxylator. Um, oh. But she's an attorney. She was on the, she was a regulator in Massachusetts, you know, and, and it's something that she shared in one of her interviews that, you know, she's seen in this industry how, how much impact one person can have. And, and certainly, you know, in my own experience, I, I never would have been able to reach as many people and influence as many people if I had stayed in, in tech or finance. I, I really just highly, highly doubt it. But, you know, through cannabis, because it is such a growing industry and there's so much potential and, and there's no precedent, it's really being created as we go. I think it, it affords an opportunity to, to make significant impact and, and also significant income. Um, but again, I think you can't have the income if you're not driven by the impact. I think, I think you're going to find it's very difficult to, to make money in, in the legal cannabis industry. Um, and if you don't have a love for it and a passion for it, you're going to eventually come across a guy like me or someone else who you're going to have to compete with where, you know, to me, it's like, I'm going to do this for, you know, God willing, 40, 50 more years. And if you're trying to make a quick buck and you think this is easy, fast money, you know, yeah, <laughs> you're going to be in a different industry soon. <laughs> right, right. This is a little off track, but as a New Yorker, uh, you know, growing up in New York City, sure you see the proliferation of all the uh, pot shops everywhere. It's, it's out of control, really. How do you think the state should, or the OCM um, should handle the illegal operators in the in the city how do you think they could effectively convince them to come in or tackle this and, and make it yeah. fair for people who are paying a lot of money to get into this industry it's 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 a great question and i'm, I'm gonna say it's above my pay grade and <laughs> if, if they if they knew how to do it they would have done it by now but i i think yeah. I think it's it's really impossible because you know every bodega every smoke shop there's there's you know probably definitely hundreds if not thousands of unlicensed cannabis retailers right now and i i don't think just as a practical matter i don't think even if they wanted to enforce and and shut them down i think it would just be like playing whack-a-mole, you know, and maybe they would get a few, but then there would be new ones that pop up. So I, I think, yeah, you know, not to be too, you know, I, I certainly don't envy OCM and, and their job of having to create these regulations. Um, but I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's going to be very difficult to manage. And I think it's going to be an ongoing problem. And, you know, if I'm not mistaken, in Los Angeles right now, there's something like four times more unlicensed dispensaries than licensed. And, you know, they, they've been legal for years now and, and they haven't been able to, to, to figure that out. So I think, unfortunately, um, the environment is going to be very tricky in New York. And I know that's not the optimistic message that everyone wants to hear necessarily, but um, yeah. you know, I think it's going to be challenging. I think it's going to yeah. be challenging. 
Yeah, I know. I, I no one has the answer. Okay, so I know you're um uh, you're out of time. I, could you could just talk a little bit about your uh, new position as the academic director of cannabis degree programs at LIM? That's very exciting. When is that starting? Is it yeah, so we started. We started last month. We launched uh, a bachelor's and master's degree program in the business of cannabis, and they're the first of their kind. The first bachelor's and master's in anything cannabis related in New York State, and some of the first cannabis business programs in the world. And yeah, we launched last month. I'm so far, it's been really wonderful. The students are are really excited and engaged. And uh, industry has received us really well, and people are excited. And I think a lot of employers are, are thrilled that they're going to have the opportunity to recruit from educated, from an educated workforce. Because you know, a lot of a lot of employers I've talked with say it takes them about a year to train people on cannabis and all the nuances. And so. You know, hopefully we, we are doing a, a big part in supporting the ecosystem going forward. And um, what else can I say about the program? What what what's the master's program? Is it is it is it is it like a, a is it like a um, is um, a master's degree in business degree? It's, yeah, a business it's a it's a master's of professional studies in the business of cannabis. So it's a one year fully online program, and you know, I'm, I'm really proud of our faculty. We've got some industry leaders, uh, Jesse Horton, Dashita Dawson, Kristen Jordan, and, you know, people who are all entrepreneurs and executives in the space who we paired up with instructional designers to create each specific course, whether it's, you know, cannabis marketing or cannabis retail or cannabis cultivation manufacturing. So, you know, I'm I'm honestly really honored that I can even be a part of this group. I feel like, you know, when I'm when I meet with my faculty, I'm I, I feel like the dumbest guy in the room, which is which is nice for me. I, I I welcome that because then I'm in a good place to learn from them. Um, but I also know that our students are in great hands and and they're you know learning from some of the best in the business and receiving mentoring as well. Um, you know, I was super lucky in that when I was building the faculty and the program, you know, we're one of the first schools to offer anything like this. So I was able to go to some of the best and brightest and, you know, they, yeah, they, the you know, they, they were available because no one else was offering this. So, uh, you wow. know, it, it made me look like a, like a genius when in reality, I'm just you know, again, lucky again, cannabis in the, the right place at the right time. <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. Okay, I know you're out of time because it's three o'clock and you have to go. But cool. Yeah, All yeah. Right. Let's connect yeah. again soon. And thanks for chatting with me. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, 
and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.